0: Welcome to Bill Caster's the anime podcast that's more than a side story. I'm the Macabre Chap, and today I'm joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Dawn, aka Usamimi of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast.
0: Today on Bill Caster's Guiding, we are here to discuss the Inclusive Geek Creators Twitter campaign and how we can make fandom more inclusive in general. First of all, would you like to tell us about the Inclusive Geek Creators campaign, how it came about, how you and the others decided to get together and create it, and why you decided to do it in June of 2019? The stage is yours.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So uh, I'm part of the group that came up with the Inclusive Geek Creators uh, idea. Uh, It came about initially through uh, Anne, Who is apricot sushi on Twitter? uh, And she suggested it might be a cool idea to get together on Twitter and make a hashtag event, uh, sort of inspired by ones we've seen before, like um, there's uh, hashtag meet the translator. Uh, hashtag drawing while black, uh, hashtag visible women, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so the goal was to do something not only to get the names of smaller creators and producers out there, but also as sort of a way to start a conversation with each other. And Katie, um, Carligan on Twitter and her partner, Chris, who is C Brails on Twitter, I believe. They're both amazing web designers and coders. Uh, they have a collective and they pretty much just whipped up like all these amazing graphics and set up a landing page. And a bunch of us got together and we chatted. We tossed ideas around. Um, So the main little group of us who basically got the ball rolling. Uh, So other than Anne and Katie, uh, there's Samantha of Anime Herald. There's Paula and Nicole of the Tokusatsu Network. There's uh, Lauren of Otaku Journalist. There's Kim of Anime Planet. And Ashley of Shoujo and Tell uh, Podcast. And myself. We up with themes that we wanted to go through. Through prompts for each theme and all that stuff, uh, all together, like we we got together and we decided these as a group. So we came up with the idea in the hopes that it could help people in all sorts of areas. Uh, on Twitter connect because like if you look at all of us uh, this little group that we came together with uh, we all come from various corners of the internet Mm -hmm. Uh, some of us are more like doing like news or reviews some of us are writers Uh, some of us make videos or we're podcasters or whatever Uh, so I feel like the event kind of reflects that it's basically open to like you know the content (laughs) on the internet so even if you're like a cosplayer or a fan artist or a blogger or a toy reviewer or a knit pattern maker or whatever. Um, We wanted to make everyone feel like they could participate uh, in this thing. It wasn't just like, just like one sort of like fandom or whatever. We wanted to make it open to anybody basically.
0: Sure. Sure. That sounds pretty awesome. I mean, it just so happens that most of the creators within Inclusive Geek Creators come from like the anime fandom. Um I don't know if that's a coincidence or something, which is pretty cool.
1: That's kind of like how we all met. Oh okay. was like we all are kind of like, you know, anime nerds to varying degrees. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> Sick. but
1: like we want to make sure like, you know, it's not just anime. Like you can no, do like course. whatever you want, basically.
0: No, because I noticed um Paula Bianca is in there and she's the founder of the tokusatsu network um and when i found out that the creator of the tokusatsu network was a woman of color i was just like whoa that is dope
1: yeah yeah we wanted to reflect that you know we're kind of an inclusive little group and we wanted to like spread that out like because you know fandom and nerd and geek stuff is for everybody it's not just for you know a select few. Anybody yeah, should be able to enjoy whatever. Um, like Sam, she's a trans woman. Like, you know, and uh, uh, like members of our the little group that we've started, uh, some of us are also queer, yeah. uh, you know, on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. Sure. So wanted to be open to everybody because, you know, there are still in the year 2019, there are still people out there who are like, oh, we want to make this whatever fandom gatekeepy is humanly possible and you can't be in here and you can't be in here and you can't be in there which is ridiculous like you can like whatever you like (laughs) don't let anyone tell you otherwise and that's one of the reasons that we thought it would be good to like get this out there because there's a lot of people out there making like really cool stuff so uh you know people like me i have like a fair amount of twitter followers like if i retweet some people like, they get more eyeballs on their stuff. And that's, you know, good for everybody.
0: Absolutely. Um, also, I had no idea that the founder of Anime Planet was amongst you guys. Like, I've used that website, like, extensively for a while now to, like, look up anime recommendations like their anime recommendation section is peerless like it's incomparable i don't know what algorithm kim is using that generates recommendations but based upon your anime list it will generate recommendations for you and it's just it's ridiculous like anime planet is ridiculously important to me anyway
1: uh i wasn't really familiar with anime planet until like a couple years ago but now i'm like god why don't more people use this this website is fantastic
0: yeah anime planet is fucking fantastic i read anime herald pretty often and I had no idea that its founder was um, a trans person so that's pretty cool as well
1: yeah Samantha is great she is such a hard worker and Anime Herald is a great 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 website she works herself half to death uh, (laughs) making that site
0: I can imagine, I've seen the amount of work um, that is put into Anime Herald, the care that's taken with the journalism, like the quality of the journalism, like there was even an article there in Anime Herald about anime conventions in the United Kingdom. I was like, what? Wow, because obviously by my accent, I'm sure you can tell I'm from the UK. So seeing that in Anime Herald when no other major um, anime publications on the other side of the Atlantic are covering that is just ridiculous. And it speaks to the like passion that goes into Anime Herald. Yatatachi to shout out sorry who runs yatatachi uh katie katie castillo that's it yatatachi is also another great website and one of my twitter mutuals who i am quite fond of uh grant the fief of blade licking thieves he is an affiliate of yatatachi yatatachi is a great platform as well sorry sorry about me like fanboying over all the work of the individual creators
1: no, 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 uh grant's a mutual friend of mine as well and um I'm really glad that he was able to find a place to like throw his stuff up because I feel like he's doing pretty good work too. Everyone on Yatatachi does pretty great work, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but I might be kind of biased because like I said, I know a lot of people who work there. So, uh, <laughs> But I think they're all doing great work.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of inclusive geek creators, do you want to talk a bit more about like the themes that you have during the um, separate weeks of June? So like the first week, the second week, the third week and the final week.
1: Sure. So the first week of June, we did introductions. So that was basically a way to get people to get their names out there, first and foremost, and kind of talk about like what they do and how they do it. Uh, The second week was workflow where we talked about, you know, how do you make time to do these projects that you do? Uh, What do you use to make the projects that you do Um, to try to help get like, you know, tips and maybe get conversations going on people who are like, oh, I'm interested in this. Like, do you have any advice for me, you know, just to get people talking with each other this week that just started on June 17th while we're recording this week will be all about inspiration. So we talk about what kind of things inspire you to make the work that you're doing, um, how you keep the inspiration going, you know, how do you fight like creative roadblocks and things like that. And the last week of June, we're going to be talking about our future goals. Uh, So things that you're looking forward to, things that you want to accomplish in the next month, year, five years, 10 years, anything. Just basically looking towards the future.
0: Okay, that sounds really, really, really dope. The entire campaign in general sounds really, really, really well thought out and crafted. You guys must have been planning this for a while, one would imagine.
1: Yeah, I think we originally had the idea like near the beginning of the year, I think around January or February. And <laughs> the original goal was to actually have it in like March or April, I think. But all of us were so busy and swamped with things uh, in the springtime. So finally, we just put our foot down and right, we we're like, right. okay, we're going to start it in June. And we didn't start it in June because at first we were like, well, is that going to work with everybody? Because... It's the beginning of summer, it's also Pride Month, but like in a way, I feel like that works really well because, uh, in the summer, people are thinking about like uh, summer vacations. Some of us have a little bit more free time, not all of us, but <laughs> some of us. And, um, and Pride Month, like, kind of works because we're trying to be more inclusive, so it's a great way of like you know, folks in the LGBTQA community. Like, if you're making stuff out there, we want you to, like, talk about it. We want to share it with people because some of us are in that circle as well. You know, there's a lot of overlap.
0: 100%. I think Pride Month is a really, really good month to um, hold it in, to be perfectly honest.
1: It was totally not planned that way, but it just happened. So, like, I kind of think it's kind of great, (laughs) honestly.
0: I think it's kind of cool as well I mean um, obviously I'm straight but at the same time like there needs to be more LGBTQIA representation in fandom and fandom just can't be uh, monochromatic and cishet all the time that can't be like the default right marginalized people need to feel welcomed and need to feel like they are valid and they belong within fandom in general that's something that's important
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, for example, when I first started podcasting, I had no real peers to look up to because I could not really find any prominent female podcasters in the anime community, like really doing stuff on their own. I mean, there was plenty of women who were like part of a group or a co-host or whatever, but I couldn't really find at the time Anyone doing, like, their own shows or something that was, like, completely female-oriented or... So I basically just had to do everything that I wanted myself, which was fine, but I assumed that, like, nobody would care or that, you know, maybe my friends would listen to it. And I was like, well, that's fine because I'm really just doing this for myself. I'm not really going out there with big dreams <laughs> of uh, becoming like some big shot podcast or anything. Um, So when people found me and were like, oh my God, this was like the podcast I've been waiting for. I was really shocked, but that told me that there was a need for like more female podcasters out there talking about anime or manga or whatever. Because the podcasting sort of community is saturated with, you know, just dudes, to be honest, which is, you know, it is what it is. Like, even now, there's more female podcasters out there, which is great, but we could still use more. We could use not just female, but like trans and non-binary folks as well. Absolutely. Oh, and I'm always, you know, pushing people who are like, "Oh, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I, I don't think it would do very well." And I'm like, "Anyone would give a shit about mine?" So, like, go for it. What, what do you have to lose? You try it, and like, nobody cares. Like, oh well. But you might find an audience. You just never know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of podcasting especially like the anime podcast landscape it is very very straight white and male like we're allowed to say that i'm a black man um, i'm a black autistic man and um within the mecha anime fandom specifically there's not really many people that look like me especially in the mecha anime fandom like if you go to the m board on 4chan or go to like mahq or any other forums or just even looking on twitter like the majority of the western gundam fandom the majority of the gunpla review on youtube are very much straight white male and so like me and sentai 5 started build casters because we wanted to bring some i know color as it were to that fandom and in terms of um women podcasters there is nowhere near enough like just in general especially with any anime fandom i know you said like there's more now but it's not enough it's really really not enough
1: there's more but it's because like when i started there was like basically none
0: Yeah, but like we as men need to do more to use our voices to amplify the voices of women, especially women who lie outside of the gender binary.
1: And women of color.
0: And women of color, especially. Yeah.
1: Like, I know uh, women of color, like black women, Asian women, uh, who love anime and love video games and love all this stuff. But, like, ask me to think of a reviewer that's a woman of color or uh, a podcaster who's a woman of color, and I can maybe name you like a couple.
0: I can probably name one and that's Shateri, and the only reason I know of her is because she's been a guest on my favourite anime podcast, anime podcast of some sort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I know about Samantha as well, she's been a guest on anime podcast of some sort as well and that's how I found out about um, Anime Herald. So to take the discussion in the direction of inclusivity, what do you feel fandom needs to do to become more inclusive?
1: Well, that's it's so hard because like I can tell you like seek out, you know, people who aren't like you and stuff like that. But it's still hard because you still have to like find them. And if they're not there, you know, it's so much easier to just go to what you know, which is like like you were saying earlier, the default, which is just like the plethora of (laughs) straight white folks that we have working on stuff, which is not to say that they're bad. If you're only consuming like reviews or media from one perspective, then you're missing out on the perspective of so many other creative writers, artists out there that are doing things different and so wildly creative and interesting. Because like I know so many people who basically just stopped doing social media or projects because they were like, you know, I tried getting my name out there and I tried doing this and I tried doing that, but no. Nobody cared because I wasn't the default. Mm. It's heartbreaking. I think something that I found myself doing coming from my own perspective, um, when I was looking for guests for my own podcast, uh, Mm. instead of always going to, oh, podcaster or whoever, they're a big fan of this. So I will ask them to talk about it on a podcast. Like that's kind of the easy way. And I mean, I've done that before, but sometimes I'm like, well, I have this friend. They don't make things. They don't do things like on the internet really, but they have very unique perspectives because like, say maybe they're a woman or they're a person of color or they're non-gender conforming or, you know, just something different. And they bring perspective to the table than just the same kind of thing we've been hearing over and over and over again. And I feel like that was maybe one of the reasons that people kind of latched onto my podcast after a while. Because I wasn't just talking to like the same five people. And, you know, after a while, you know, you you do start hearing on podcasts. It's kind of like, it's very circular. You hear the same like, you know, five to ten people on certain podcasts. And you already know what they're going to say about things. Yeah, That gets a little dull to me. And that was one of the reasons why I wasn't listening to a whole bunch of podcasts uh, about 10 years ago because I was like, well, I already know what these people are going to (laughs) say. I don't really need to listen to it (laughs) because it's just the same thing repeating over and over again. So I do like telling people, like, I mean, I've said it on Twitter before. Um, I would urge you to, like, get out of your comfort zone. Don't just wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Uh, because that's another excuse I've heard. Well, I haven't had more, more women on my podcast because I haven't had any women come to me and say that they wanted to do something with me. And I'm like, well, then why don't you go to them? Not hard. (laughs) Like I do it all the time. I message someone. I'm like, Hey, you person, would you like to talk about this thing that you like for like a couple hours on my podcast? And usually they're really excited and they're like, yeah, oh my God, that would be great. You know, it's just as simple as that. Like just extending your hand out saying, hey, I think you're valid. You would help make the 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 fandom landscape a better place. Like to make somebody feel like, wow, I feel welcome here. Mm, 100%. Instead of just being treated like, I mean, people who I think they mean well. But I've had people who've like messaged me. And like the first thing they'll say is like, oh, I really love your podcast you have such a great sounding voice. That's it. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's a nice compliment. But you know, when I see those same people complimenting, like, say, a male podcaster, they'll be like, oh, you're so like smart, or you're so witty, or you're so funny. Like, that's usually a go to compliment for a podcaster. But for me, it's always like, oh, you have such a nice voice. And I'm like, well, great. But like,
0: yeah sometimes i find that when people compliment podcasters who aren't straight white male like sometimes the compliments can be very superficial as opposed to like giving in-depth compliments it's just like sometimes i just want to sigh
1: yeah (laughs) yeah you think that i think how i feel i'm like "Uh, all right
0: yeah because at the end of the day i'm still a dude even though i am a man of color i am still a man so i have a certain amount of male privilege
1: and I mean, it's the same for me. I'm whiter than white. I'm Whitey McWhiterson, so I do have <laughs> a a small amount of privilege. But I am also a woman on the internet, so like sometimes that gets negated because, like, oh, you're a lady, you know?
0: Yeah, and you know how fandom treats women. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> unfortunately.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, malahyismo, incredibly, unfortunately, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous i mean it's 2019 you would have thought that like the internet would have absolved itself off of most of its misogyny but nope
1: yeah it's it's rough i mean there are there are great corners of the internet that are fantastic but uh the internet as a whole
0: yeah it's not great It's not great.
1: To still work on. And I feel like, you know, doing stuff like this, like just barely participating. I feel like just showing people that you are participating in things like this in a greater conversation is like baby steps. Because like if someone sees you doing this, they're like, oh, do this too. Maybe I should be making my space, my nerd space, a more inclusive space. Like, you know, maybe it has people like pause for a moment and they're like, am I reaching out to others? and saying that it's okay, that I'm an ally, that I will do my best to like stand up for you and make sure you feel included as well.
0: But yeah, what you were saying is 110% valid. I think it needs for men and specifically straight white men to be less prone to gatekeeping as well like let people in not that Mm -hmm. like you hold the keys or anything like us marginalized peoples are very much capable of speaking truth to power and building our own inclusive spaces but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day straight white men do hold most of the cultural currency within geek culture unfortunately that's just the way that society is structured because we live in a white supremacist patriarchal society and what we need is co-conspirators to allow us into that space so we have as much cultural currency as they do
1: Yes, exactly. That is 100% true. Because uh, I know for a fact that if I make a tweet, for example, uh, promoting something that I was a part of, or something that I've made, and someone who's like, say, prominent retweets it, uh, and they're like a straight white dude, the straight white dude followers. Yeah. In it, that gets retweeted. Yeah. I suddenly get a flood of retweets and followers oh yeah and that's without doing anything
0: unfortunately that's just the way that cultural capital changes hands within um geek culture at this Mm -hmm. moment and to be a straight white man carries the most clout within geek culture and fandom at the moment i wish it didn't but that's just the way it is i mean it carries the most currency within society as a whole so the fact that it's managed to permeate one facet of society ie geek culture isn't really a surprise obviously white supremacy patriarchy permeate all of society geek culture is but one facet of western society so yeah i mean like we can carry on creating inclusive spaces and you guys can carry on doing a fantastic job creating your campaign and that helps to negate some of the uh, white supremacist patriarchy that we currently have to contend with but it's baby steps but you, you guys are still doing fantastic wonderful work
1: it's like you said it is baby steps. I mean, we're we're not, you know, deluding ourselves into thinking that, you know, this is going to solve all of our problems or anything like that.
0: Mm. But
1: we felt like, you know, doing something like this, we could test the waters and see. And I've already seen a lot of people like that I had no idea who they were or what they were doing until, you know, I started looking through the tag and I was like, "Oh, this person sounds like they're making really cool art. This person sounds like Like they're making really cool like articles and blog posts, you know, stuff like that. Like I found a whole bunch of different people where I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna try to keep tabs on, you know, this person and this person. And, you know, even if it's just like, you know, you follow maybe one person that you found through the hashtag, like that's one person more who are, you know, following their work and supporting their work than beforehand. And I'd say that's, you know, a a small success.
0: It is a small success, 110%. But I just want to say thank you for the work that you, yourself, and the others are doing. Um, That's why I wanted to record this, just to say thank you. I think it's a great campaign. I think it's a great idea. And I hope it will be back next year as well. Fingers crossed. I mean, it isn't over yet, but I sincerely Mm -hmm. hope it will be back in 2020.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too. Like, honestly, uh, if it had just been me, I probably would have, like, (laughs) fallen over and been, like, way too overwhelmed, like, (laughs) the day of thinking about it, just, you know, because it's so much. But when we all pooled our resources together, and all put our heads together, uh, I feel like we really came up with something really cool. I cannot thank uh, all these wonderful people enough for participating i feel really honored that i was basically the only one with enough free time who was able to basically come here and talk about it but you know the work that Anne and katie and sam have put in percent more than what i have been doing like i think one of the things was i help with the name idea
0: Okay. That's still pretty important though. Like the fact that it's got such a great name is partially down to you. So that is an incredibly important thing. From the outside looking in, it looks like you have made a very big contribution anyway. (laughs)
1: Well, thanks. And um, I helped come up with some of the prompts for actually the week that's going on right now, the inspiration week. Uh, I was the one who came up with, I think, most of the questions for the prompts. that one uh but like i said we all you know came together and decided on things as a group but the amount of energy that those three especially have put into it uh has just astounded me and impressed me and they're so great and their work is so amazing like every time i look at the landing page for the the website uh which is inclusivecreators.com like i just i can't believe that katie chris have made something just so cool looking and that like i'm a part of it i'm just like wow there's this cool thing and i helped with it in a way (laughs) and and it's and it's a real thing that i can show people like hey look at this cool thing that i'm a part of that like you should also be a part of that everybody should be a part of
0: oh oh yeah like to to use um colloquialisms the website looks hella fresh like hella hella (laughs) fresh
1: Yeah. Like low key, I'm going to give a shout out to Katie. She does web work. So if you have a website that you need designed or made, uh, you should probably hit her up because she's amazing. I,
0: I, I mean, I I can like do basic HTML, CSS stuff myself. So if I need to build a website, I can do it. But there's there's no way my skills are anywhere near as good as her and Chris's. Not even close.
1: Right? Like, every time I make something, I'm just like, oh, you guys are so good. <laughs>
0: yeah like i'm in awe of the website it looks so so good um so where can we find you on social media
1: sure so if you want to find me on twitter where i'm usually tweeting about boring things and my cats and anime uh you can find me at bunny cartoon and if you are interested in a podcast that talks about uh, and fandom pre the year 2000 you know back what it was like to be an anime fan before the internet was such an integral part of our lives uh you can find the anime nostalgia podcast at Anime animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as Anime com, because it hasn't totally crashed and burned yet <laughs> um and also you can find the podcast on pretty much any podcast app uh uh, you just do a search for Animated Nostalgia Podcast and it's usually there.
0: You can find Buildcasters on Twitter at Buildcasters. You can find me and my Dulcet Tones on Twitter at The Macabre Chap. You can find my Melanin Mecha Brother in Arms Sentai 5 on Twitter at Sentai 5. You can find my Brothers in Arms Legion of Boom on Twitter at Legion of Boom. L E G 10 N of Boom. And on that note, Buildcasters Gaiden out thank you so much for coming much 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 appreciate thank you so much see ya guys yeah. this episode of Buildcasters Gaiden was produced by the Macabre Chap and Sentai 5, with music provided by Jenga. Battle Battle ended. ended.
1: Battle ended.